No one is immune to stress and burnout. The expectations are so much connected to comparison. Don't compare your life to someone else's highlight reel. You're listening to Messages of Hope and I'm Celia Filkey. Today I'm talking with Anna Dakey, a counsellor, speaker and workshop facilitator who helps people recognise and deal with burnout and stress. Do you find yourself torn between those competing demands? It can be especially hard when you're a working mum, trying to balance family and work. I've struggled a lot with that, when you're trying to you know, do more than one thing and not feeling like you're doing anything well enough. I didn't work full-time, but just that juggle mm-hmm. and, and often, the conflict. That's right, and, and a lot of working mums really struggle with that conflict because they feel guilty that they're not being everything for their kids. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's also for your work. You don't feel like anymore you're being everything for that or being good enough there. Absolutely. And I think the expectations are so much connected to comparison. We compare ourselves to other people. And so, you know, social media is a huge one. We hear Mm. it all the time. Don't compare your life to someone else's highlight reel. Yeah. So but know, we Facebook, do. We do. We, do. we do. we still look at it, even though we know, mm-hmm. we still look at it and think, oh, you know, that's yeah. so much better. Correct. That's right. You've had to deal with unreal expectations, which at one point in your life led to burnout. How did you know you'd reached that burnout <laughs> stage? I didn't. I was working in, in ministry, in Christian ministry, and there was a huge, you just keep going, 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 right? And so... I'm a people pleaser in recovery, I call it, because I will always be a default people pleaser. But you're aware of it. Yes, I'm aware of it, and I'm so much not as much people pleaser as what I used to be. Mm. I didn't have the beliefs, knowledge, skills to know how I was living my life was actually not serving me well. Right. So I, that's why I hit burnout and crashed. So what I say to people, how do you know? There are a lot of bits and pieces that could indicate that you might be heading towards burnout. So things like, you know, I used to love my job and now I don't anymore. I don't even want to go to work anymore. Feeling um, like dizzy and hazy and just kind of like, I don't even know which day it is. That's a sense of overwhelm often. For me, I know it's a red flag when someone says, how, how did yesterday go? Because something really, you know, I had a big meeting or something yeah, yeah. like that. And I go, what was yesterday? I don't even know. So that's a red flag for me, personally still, as I'm someone pa- who... I'm panicking you're here. panicking. <laughs> Is that, are you relating to that? <laughs> Too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do we do about it? It sounds really basic, but I totally believe it as truth. It's all just a choice. Everything that we do, we're choosing to do. Even the things that we think we don't have a choice in, we're still choosing to not make a hard decision to get out of them. So how do we make good choices that give our life balance? When we have clarity of values, it helps to direct our life. So values are not just what's important to us, because we can say family's important, work's important, you know, exercise is important, mm-hmm. but it's also about who do you want to be. So, for example, um, one of my key values is care for myself and then for others. One of the biggest things that I discovered in my burnout recovery was the fact that I need between eight and ten hours of sleep every night, otherwise I don't function to my best, and I need to have at least three nights at home. I'm not very good at doing that at times. Like, <laughs> I'm very good at accidentally overscheduling, and that's because when life gets busier, we default to, bat- to old patterns. Yep. So when I said I'm a, a people pleaser in recovery, my default when I'm 
not conscious of keeping all of those values in check is I start to go, oh, I can't say no to those people because, and I go into my and I can fit, I can fit that in exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and for me this year, I've had many like ah crazy month. I would push it to the next month, and then all those things that I've pushed now the next month is busy as well. Yes, <laughs> and so instead, if I can keep in check my value of caring for myself, then I can say something like, I would really love to catch up with you, but I have this rule that I've made for myself that I can't be out more than twice a week and I've actually got something on this week. So let's have a look at next week or can we do next month if it doesn't work for you, all those sorts of things. The challenge with that is that most people don't do that right? (laughs) Most people... You say, oh, it'll be all right. I'll I'll do it for this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So the values thing is really important. Have you ever come across that concept of, I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be stressed because I should be able to give that to God. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a very good Christian if I'm stressed. (laughs) You're smiling at me and I'm thinking you and nodding and I'm going, okay, tell me about that. Tell me about that. Um, It was a huge thing for me personally. Like I... um, when I was still working in ministry before I stepped out, and I was like in my 20s, mm-hmm. so quite, you know, young. So, you know, as a Christian, I shouldn't feel stressed. I should just be able to do everything I need to, especially if it's serving. Then if I do that, I shouldn't feel stressed because I'm doing I'm it doing for it God. For, exactly. Right? Yeah. My gosh, where to start? <laughs> but I, th- I think that's our warped sense of who God is. That sounds like that God won't love me unless I serve my butt off. And how is that different for you? At the time, that was totally what it was. I just didn't know. Now I have discovered that I'm a loved and favoured daughter of God. Like he just loves us so much. There's nothing we can do that is going to make him love us less, that's going to make him love us more right? He loves us the most he's going to love us, which is so, so not, overwhelming. Nothing, that was a really important point that nothing you can actually do mm-hmm. will make him love you anymore. Correct. That's right. And That's I a think, bit of a light bulb moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think often we say the first part of that phrase, which is there's nothing you can do which will make God love you less. Yeah. Right. But the second part is so important that there's nothing we can do that will make God love you more. This is Messages of Hope and I'm talking with Anna Dakey about burnout and how to avoid it. Anna, we've talked about how knowing what's important to us can help us make the choices that we need to make Mm -hmm. to keep us from burnout and stress. Yeah. But I know from my own experience that knowing something doesn't mean you put it into action. Correct. And to know your values, who you want to be, can be a long journey before you're confident about that. Yeah. It's not easy to work out on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And it takes courage to make the phone call to a counsellor or your friend or saying that something's not, doesn't feel right or I can't do this anymore. It's one of the hard, it's absolutely yeah, one of the hardest things help. that we ever do. Yeah. People don't ask for help or don't mm-hmm. want to because, as you were saying before, it, it can make you vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so about that, often asking for help, people think that, oh, I can't do that because otherwise it shows I'm weak. Yes. I love what Brene Brown says about vulnerability. Who's Brene Brown? So Brene Brown is a research professor from the United States and she um, studies shame and vulnerability and courage and worthiness. Um, and she asks people what's vulnerability and it's like 
a landslide. People think that vulnerability is weakness. But as she went into the research, she said, that's what they said. But every time I asked someone, can you give me an example of vulnerability? All the examples they gave were connected to courage. So it was things like um, talking to my boss about taking time off or um, ha- saying I love you first or having a going on a, a date uh, on a first date after being divorced or um, having a hard conversation with my with my kids or saying sorry to my little kids when I was the one who yelled at them or whatever. Mm. So all those examples, give me goosebumps, mm. all those examples are, are actually really courageous and, and strength. And yeah. so the, the, the belief that asking for help is weakness, it's vulnerable, and it also um, is definitely not weakness. No. It's one of the strongest things that we can ever do. If we could all be vulnerable, how much would we grow? Like, Absolutely. And, and if, someone's, if someone is vulnerable first, that gives you the permission to be vulnerable mm-hmm. too. Correct, exactly. And so um, courage is contagious. Yeah. So when we have the courage to be vulnerable, other people will, and it's totally what I see in my life and clients come and they go, my gosh, I had that conversation with my husband. And then he started telling me how he was feeling. And I was like, what's going on? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it's such an important thing because otherwise we keep living our life going, I think this is what they want. So you're actually doing things that you think are going to please people and you might be doing the wrong thing. And you're not actually (laughs) being you. Yeah, exactly. You're actually being real. A lot of, I think maybe the turmoil and conflict in us is because we know what what we want to do, but we're doing all these things that we don't want to do mm-hmm. because we're afraid. Yeah, absolutely. And Brene says, I'm being brave and afraid at the exact same time. So sometimes choosing the brave thing to do is the most scary. Mm. Absolutely. Um, it's also worth it. And there's a, um, a you may have seen the movie called uh, We Bought a Zoo. Yes. It's got Matt Damon in it and he goes and buys a zoo with his kids and whatever. But there's one spot where his son comes in and, and says to his dad, I don't know what's going on. I've stuffed up with this girl that I like. I don't know what to do. And his, the dad says to him, you know what? Sometimes all it takes is 20 seconds of just embarrassing courage. And I promise you something amazing will come of it. And it's true, I think, in the sense of 20 seconds. Sometimes that 20 seconds is saying to your boss, your husband, whoever it is, to go, we need to have a conversation. Sometimes that's the 20 seconds. Yeah. It's not even the actually what you need to say, but yeah. it's just saying, like, I need to talk to you about something. I love that. Embarrassing so, courage. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You yeah. don't want to mm-hmm. embarrass yourself. Yeah. Or that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to have embarrassing courage today. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> You've been listening to Messages of Hope. For more about dealing with burnout and stress, go to messagesofhope.org.au or for a free booklet called Stressed But Connected, call 1-800-353-350. That's 1-800-353-350. I'm Celia Filkey. I hope you can join us again next week for another Message of Hope. Real hope to cope with life's challenges.